Let's head to Canberra to uh, catch up with Phil Curry from the Australian Financial Review. Morning to you, Phil. Uh, morning, fellas. How are you? We're good, thanks, Phil. Now, mate, you're great at explaining stuff. I've had a couple of goes at reading the coverage of the yes. deal that was done yesterday between the Albanese government and the Greens about climate policy. What is it actually going to mean for the average punter, do you think? Uh, not sure. Um, <laughs> that wasn't that was the answer I feared. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> you don't know dep- we're bugging. It, it, it depends who you listen to. So, so the government says the Greens actually got nothing, and the Greens reckon yeah you know, they've, they've, they've brought coal and gas to an end. What? What? Look, this, this is what it works. The, the policy is a thing called a safeguard mechanism. So, for the government to reduce emissions as it's promised, you know, you get to net zero by twenty fifty. Um, these these are our 215 biggest emitters, so it's mines and steelworks and power stations and things like that, right? And collectively, over the next 30 years, they have to reduce their emissions on a, on a gradual scale each year to get to hit this certain target. Think of it like a salary cap, right, in a, in a footy team, right? So yeah, okay. there's a cap, and the cap, but the cap has to come down over time. So that's all fine. The way it was structured was pretty easy. It wasn't going to have much of an impact on... Anyone, because yeah, if you if you if you went over your your share of the cap, you could buy you know, plant trees and do things like that to offset it. Now, what the Greens have done is they've they've enshrined that cap in law, so it can't be breached, and it's going to and it and there's all these sort of bits around the edges um, where it makes it difficult for you say you want to open a new gas field, which we're going to need to do. Um, so that's a new entrant. That's like signing up a star player. So you've got to find room in your salary cap for the for the new for the new entrant. Um, but what Bowen is saying is that won't breach the cap because the cap is already got a buffer built in. So it's sort of like um, you know the salary the cap as it exists is is much more than all the all the all the um, you know, all the players are earning. So you can you've, you've already got room to sign a few more players uh, before you breach the cap. So he's saying it ultimately won't have much effect because there's already a scope there to bring new entrants in, um, and you know it doesn't hamper them. But the gas industry is not so sure. You know there's because there's all the sort of red tape and extra hurdles now around that, and so that's why their share prices have fallen. But It'll sort of just play it over time, I think. But um, uh, I hope that explains it. It's a bit. So, but Phil, what is a good what, analogy? What do you make of the, the the Greens claim then that they've killed off some ninety five billion dollars worth of gas, no. new gas and coal projects? No, no, that, it's sort of largely fallacious. Will because they, they talk about these one hundred and sixteen projects in the pipeline. That that's a sort of a mythological thing. There's a sort of one hundred and sixteen, you know, suggestions around, but it's not like there's one hundred and sixteen projects waiting approval. Mm. Um, they've been running that number for ages. Look, the Greens have to sort of, you know, they have to claim a big win because Adam Bant's been under a lot of pressure because he went out hard like he always does and says we're going to ban all coal and gas in condition as a condition of our support for this thing, um, and then that was obviously never going to happen. So he's sort of got these bits around the edges which makes life a bit more difficult. Ironically, more for gas than coal, and gas is the cleaner fuel, and that's the one we need to keep using. No one's going to open a new coal mine. But uh, so he's, he's sort of got some bits around the edges. So he's sort of talking it up because you know, he has to for his base. Because maybe he's got people like Bob Brown on his back saying he shouldn't have done a deal at all. So there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of theatrics in this, and I think it'll. You know, watch the share price of the gas companies over the next few days. I suspect it might even out, and when everyone realises that yeah, that they can live with this, um, I think the sort of the bigger the bigger thing here is the the coalition just sitting on the sidelines, not getting involved. Now, you know, we've seen. You know they got they got they got a hiding at the last election on climate change. What what Labor proposing was not very radical, uh, and it was actually just extending Tony Abbott's own policy. He had a he had a sort of a safeguard emission for bigger measures that just never really had any teeth. Um, and they could have easily just joined with Labor and 
done the deal, not push Labor to the Greens. And, you know, there's a lot of anger at the Coalition from the business and the mining and the gas sector and people like that. Because, you know, they're meant to be their people, you know, and get in there and help us. Um, but aren't they and, freaked out by the Teals now? Isn't, is that why? Well, that, well, that's the whole point. I mean, the, the, the Teals took these seats off them because of climate change, right? Because they weren't doing enough on climate change, and not just Teal seats, but Boothby in South Aussie was another one. Mm. Um, so at some stage, the Liberal Party federally has to sort of, you know, dip its lid to what happened in, in May last year and do a little bit on climate change. It doesn't have to go nuts. Um, and this was a classic example where it's all the, you know, it's all the big businesses, the miners, the corporates, you know, the gas producers, they're, they're, they're constituents. So we want this, we need this, can you do it for us? And they said, no, nah, we're going to sit out and force Labor to deal with the Greens. And now you've got this mess, which, you know, I've struggled to explain this morning, as have you, um, and we're still not sure what effect it will be. It all could have been avoided if they just ticked the box on Labor's policy. And, well, you know, and uh, so it is interesting. They didn't ask a single question on question time yesterday. They, they really don't know which way to jump at the moment, the coalition. Well, they're probably a bit rattled too, the wall-to-wall Labor governments mm. nationally now after uh, Dom Perrottet well, became an ex-Perrottet on Saturday. That's right. Well, but that, that, adds, that adds to it because at what stage are they going to re-engage with the, with the electorate? I mean, Perrottet, they were a fairly progressive government. They were, they were strong on climate change and they didn't lose a seat to the Teals. They put some big challenges on the north shore of Sydney and some of their you know, heartland seats and they held them off. The Teals didn't get anything. Um, and... You know, this is they they weren't thrown out because they're too conservative. They're just thrown out. They've been around too long. So yeah, and they weren't written off. weren't totally wiped off the map. No, no, no. I mean, they they could win the next one if they got their act together. But you know, the federal Liberal Party. There's a lot of moderates saying they've got to start. You know, know, elections are won in the centre. They're not won at the fringes. And uh, and and they keep sort of sort of inching out along that tree branch towards the right, and uh, it'll snap soon. So yeah, Mm. this was a classic. This was a classic example where they could have. You know, done something with Labor on a fairly innocuous climate policy to, you know, to, to, to bring some certainty into the energy sector and look after the gas producers and that sort of stuff. And yeah. they chose to chose to watch from the sidelines. Top shelf analysis, as always, mm-hmm. Phil. Phil Curie, the national political editor for the Australian Financial Review. Thanks for that, mate. David Penberthy and Will Goodings, six to nine, five double A breakfast.